Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, um, I am Angie E, aka Financial Linus. Um, I pretty much have become the go-to person for generational wealth. Um, I'm a finance blogger and kind of just kind of bringing more awareness to financial literacy on the gram, basically. I love it. So how did you get started? Is wealth something that you grew up learning and knowing about? Or um, is that something that you stumbled across or had to figure out for yourself? And then you're like, hey, I think other people need this information. (laughs) So I have always loved money. (laughs) Um, That's just kind of been my nature. Um, Definitely ever since I was working at the tender age of 14, um, I've always had money, you know, not like a lot of money or anything, but definitely always had a savings account. Um, But my whole thing with financial literacy and bringing more awareness really started around Um, two years ago around this time, actually, where I was really starting to get a lot of like accolades and feedback from friends and family saying, wow, you really know a lot about finances. And I'm actually a finance major. So I, my undergrad was in finance. So, and I've been working in internal audit for quite some time in financial services. So I always had like this background foundation, but I really started to really understand more about financial literacy when I got my first job. Now, what started all of this with the blog and financial Linus and everything that you've been seeing um, within the last six months is George Floyd. So I am born and raised in the Twin Cities. Um, This is my city, which is Minneapolis, where I was born and raised. Um, And I think George Floyd really spoke to me. Um, There was just so much feeling that I had around the situation with Um, police brutality and some of the social injustices that Black people in Minnesota in particular, obviously it's everywhere, but I always felt that there was something there. And just watching his whole murder come down, it really just brought me to a place where I really wanted to help the wealth gap between Black people and white people in America. That was the set the foundation for me. And I had always had an Instagram, but I had like 50 followers at the time. Um, Now I have almost 4,000 in like six months because I have gone so hard on my Instagram, just promoting this awareness of generational wealth, because I truly believe that money is power because we live in a capitalistic country. So I wanted to make sure that I was contributing to something that would help with the social injustices and the systematic racism in the financial world and space. I love that. I think, you know, oftentimes when we talk about money, we're talking about so much more than just money, you know? And I think that um, when we can recognize all of the intricacies of what comes along with money and wealth and financial literacy and, uh, you know, generational um, trauma and oppression and social injustice. Like there's so many different strings and and lanes. And so I love that you, you know, you saw what your lane was and you're kind of thriving and pushing within it. Because I know that with everything going on this year, a lot of people have felt like, oh my gosh, where am I supposed to plug in? Or And so I think that, you know, in order for the work to be sustainable, it has to be 
where you feel called or talented or gifted in a certain area to serve. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like people, like I've seen people on Instagram and I've connected with so many people and there is like people who you can tell like this, there's something underneath this, like there's a passion that's driving them. And then there's some people that are just like on a debt-free journey or something like that and just sharing their experiences with money. Um, and not to even knock any of them. I think, you know, obviously people use Instagram for what they want to use Instagram for. But I do think that my purpose is way focused on social injustices because I truly believe in like having an inheritance, having generational wealth. Part of the reason why people of color in this country are so behind is because of so many things that have happened to them and specifically African-Americans. Um, You know, they said it's going to take 228 years to close the wealth gap in America. If I can even just slide it back one year, I feel like I've made an impact because it's going to take a lot for us to catch up, period. There's no doubt about it. So. I love that. So then in your, you know, educating of individuals on finances, where do you start? If someone is, you know, completely financially illiterate, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And where would you begin as far as, you know, g- giving them information or what to start with? Because I'm sure for someone in the beginning, it could be quite overwhelming, you know? Yeah. Um. So first I would start with what are your goals? I think everyone, money represents, doesn't represent like just money. It represents things. There are goals associated with money, whether it's being able to buy your first house or having something to pass on, down to your children. Um, money is... It, it it yes when people say oh i love money they love what money brings at least i do like when i say i love money i love what it brings for me it's experiences like i love traveling i love you know going places dining at certain restaurants cuz i'm a big foodie um so that's the thing what are i would ask someone what are your goals and then from there that's how we would build that space and say okay based on this goal what do you have to do to get there Um, Because like you said, it can be overwhelming, but if you have a goal, it will help you hone in on exactly how to get there or at least come up with the steps to get there. I love that. So, I mean, it makes complete sense, right? Like no one gets in the car and starts driving to a location without first understanding where they're trying to go first. So that makes target, drive to target, you know, you're going to, you know, the, the bakery, go to the bakery. So yes, exactly. That's so cool. Okay. So for then, so maybe on both ends, for those who you've seen, you know, and maybe had these conversations and they've identified their goal and they're doing well in coming up with their roadmap um, to that location, obviously it doesn't happen overnight, but for those who do really well and that are successful in making progress, what would you say are some of the factors that contribute to their, their ability to gain momentum? So consistency Um, so one thing that, so I'll just share. So I freelance graphic design on the side. And I remember when I went to get that graphic design certificate. Um, so long story short, I was a marketing major in college, switched to finance at the last minute because I was graduating in the middle of a recession. And so it was kind of like more of a practical approach for me. But obviously, I am a creative by heart. Um, and so there's a lot of like creative outlets that I have and I do. So I went and got my graphic design certificate. And I remember getting this certificate and being like, 
oh my God, how am I going to sell people on the fact that I'm a graphic designer if I've never even done any projects before? And so what I did was I used a lot of my classwork to kind of start my portfolio. And then I started really reaching out to people. I started consistently making sure that I did really great jobs and they would refer me to others um, to the point where it's like now at this point, I'm so like at one point, I think this year I've been like booked up where I can't even do any more projects because um, I have a lot going on in general because I'm in grad school as well. So, I mean, there was just been, there was just like this consistent method that I used. And even with Instagram, it's like I'm consistently posting, I'm consistently researching on topics on what to bring to awareness. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, especially when they say, for example, if you want to start a business, they're not consistent. They don't put, you know, they're not making sure they're doing all of the right things. Um when you put a lot of consistency into something, it always pans out. They say it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert at something. So that means you have to put a minimum of 10,000 hours into anything that you want to be good at to be good at it. So after hearing that, um, I was like, okay, I have to think about it in that sense, not saying I'm tracking all my hours, but it's the same thing when it comes to money and building wealth. You have to consistency, consistently save. You have to consistently invest. You have to consistently budget. Those are how you hit your goals because at some point you're going to get to where you need to get to with consistency. I love that you mentioned that because I think that's the the place that a lot of people have trouble, you know? Um, <laughs> starting yeah. is one thing. Starting is difficult too because sometimes it's like, you know, you want to go to the gym, but it's like you can't get your shoes on or something like that. But um, I think that once someone can get themselves to start, then the then the thing becomes how can they keep themselves going? And so Absolutely. I think what you mentioned about, you know, um, about you providing these resources, finding the place that you really feel passionate about, not just you just because you can or just because you've done finances that you are putting this information out, but that because there's a passion behind what you do, I think that it probably um, helps to attract people who are struggling with what um, they're dealing with in their finances and then tapping into a community or tapping into, you know, um, a, a page or a website or a group or coaching that can support you continuing when it's tough and practicing that consistency, I would assume is also like key, would you say? Exactly. Um, and I think a lot of people like, you know, you know, when I think of everything, I think a lot, like you said, it's like, what does even like, even after you start, what is keeping you going? Um, you know, I think a lot of people shy away from doing things or keep going because they haven't found something in what they're doing that they really love and keeps them motivated. You know, for example, like you said, with the gym, my motivation was, I actually have one high cholesterol. And then number two, I started working out right after I had my son. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the biggest I've ever been in my life. Like, um, and I know my body's not gonna be perfect by no means because I just grew a whole child, but I still wanna like get myself to a place that I feel comfortable with. And that was motivation enough to keep going. And 
you know, you see all these like Instagram vixens and, and models and stuff like that, and it doesn't help. But I think for me, it was a lot of like practical and realistic goals for myself. Like, I want to get really stronger in this area. I want to really start to curve out this area. You know, those were things that really motivated me and seeing the results too, because I like you know, I got to a place in my journey where I was like, okay, and that's, and the, and to, to, to use that analogy, that's what it is with everything. You have to find something within what you're doing that keeps you going. That's how you're going to be able to keep going with the consistency. I love it. So when we think about the other side, right? Well, we talked about when people are doing well and can make progress and gain momentum. But for someone, if maybe, I don't know if you've seen anyone who's maybe really struggled or had a hard time, you know, creating momentum, what would you say some of the common denominators are in that situation where it's like, you know, it's like they can't get ahead? Mm-hmm. So I know for me, like, um, so I'll share. So I'm in grad school for software development slash data science, and I have never taken a coding class. And anyone who's taken a coding class knows it is not for the faint heart. Sometimes you are working an application for hours, if not days. And I think for me, I like the reward. I like the exhilaration of cracking the code. And I, it's like a high almost. It's like, oh my gosh, like I did this. I, I actually did this. And what I would say is I don't let, this is where it comes into like a self-esteem thing and a confidence thing. I never tell my, even when I have those little voices in my head that say, oh, you're not smart enough, or you can't do this, or what are you thinking? Or something like that. I'm like, no, cause I, I signed up to do this. I'm going to understand it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do this. And I think that having the confidence and the self-esteem factor of knowing that no matter how how tough something is, you will get through it. It may not look pretty. You may even look crazy in the end, (laughs) but you're going to get through it. And I mean, and I think about that as like a testimony to everything that has gone into my life, like where there have been moments where I've just been like, oh, I feel like giving up. And I just keep going and it's always worked out in the end. So I, I, and I have faith that that's, and that's something that, you know, obviously is at everyone's discretion of, but I have an internal faith within myself and within God and the universe to know that everything is going to work itself out. I love it. First of all, we need to take a moment to just celebrate you because you're a mom. (laughs) for finance you're also a digital marketer you're also in grad school you also run um financial <laughs> lioness like lord girl good i know it's like what are you not doing <laughs> i know i know it's crazy and that's why even like you know i definitely take my breaks but you know a few weeks ago me and my husband we took a a bay trip and went to san diego because i do like to relax <laughs> i still like to enjoy life Um, But yes, it is a very busy time in my life right now. (laughs) I love it. I really do. And it's, uh, you know, it speaks to when you find the areas, you know, where you are passionate and find purpose, that it is hectic, it is challenging, it's not, you know, easy breezy all the time. But when you have this internal driving force that is beyond just the surface, I think maybe it makes it a little bit more sustainable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
And I think um, it's one thing to like, I think I'm actually wired to be successful when I'm doing many things, <laughs> which is because some people are really like that. Like, it's like, and I didn't realize that until my mom pointed that out one day. She's like, you always have to be doing something. I'm like, she's right. I'm always doing something. It's very bizarre. <laughs> so yes, it's a lot. <laughs> Well, knowing yourself and knowing how to thrive within yourself and what works for you is also, you know what I mean? Something that um, is to be celebrated as you, as a person continues to evolve and grow, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So then, you know, for someone to be successful and thriving, then they would want to understand what their goals are and then find a way to practice consistency over time because everything is about consistency. You, you will have guaranteed results if, if you are consistent because you'll find all of the dead ends and all the wrong ways to do something, Absolutely. Absolutely. which will give you insight on what things maybe to do otherwise. Um, if for anyone who, like, let's say the places where you think you got to your goal, right? So some people, if they have either lived in poverty or they have like a a poverty mindset or they didn't grow up with a lot of wealth and things, I would think that some of the goals would be once attained, it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? So when someone gets to a place, or maybe for you, if you've ever gotten to a place where you've reached certain goals, what happens then? Like, what do you, is it that you live in that place and enjoy it? Is it that you go back to the drawing board and create new goals for someone? What would you say? So I think it depends on the person. Um, I'm going to speak from me, but then I'm also going to give the other perspective. So my thing is I create new goals. Um, So, you know, once I like I remember I was pregnant, going up for promotion at my firm for manager. Um, I was involved in so many things at the time. And I remember after I had the baby and then I got promoted, I was like, all right, what's next? Like, I mean, I literally was like, okay, grad school is next. (laughs) Like, so it was, it was a very, like, for me, it's like, I always go to the drawing board, but I will say to play devil's advocate on myself that is not always a good thing, right? Because I don't spend enough time in the moment. And it wasn't until after I had my son, I was like, girl, you cannot keep going like this. You have a whole child that you have to take care of. This isn't like a checkbox thing. (laughs) And I really like had to really say, okay, Angelica, be realistic with yourself. Um, you know, now you have this beautiful baby boy and now you have to really take the time to be a mother. And that was when I reprioritized my goals, right? It doesn't mean I can't accomplish them. It just means I can't accomplish them all at once. And that was where, you know, like now my son is three, almost four. Now is the time that I went to grad school because I remember when he was like under, I think one and I was applying And I was like, this is not realistic. He's still not sleeping through the night. Like he's still in diapers. Now is the time for me to go to school because he's a little bit older and I'm a little more self-sufficient and independent. So it's also making sure that even after you attain the goals, depending on what they are, does it make sense to move on to the next one? Maybe you just need to, like my goal was to have a kid at some point in life. I accomplished that goal. Now I'm going to salvage the moments because everyone knows they grow up fast. You know, you want to enjoy when they're little too. So, I mean, it's, those are the things that 
really like had me put things into perspective. It's everything can't be a check in the box. Some things you have to live in the moment. It's so funny because I'm getting ready to transition myself from from a position into a different kind of realm. And I was getting in my car today and I was like, well, maybe I'll apply to law school. I'm like, girl, hold on. Like, <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you need to apply to being in this moment for a second. And so I think that you mentioning that is really, is really significant because you, you have to at least pause in the moment to evaluate where, how you've gotten to where you're at and Absolutely. then evaluate how you're going to get to the next place. And so you have to pause or slow down at least enough to be able to say, okay, where am I? How did I get here? Give yourself the kudos to figure out what stuff you need to grow and learn. And then, all right, what do I want to do next? Is that what I need to do now? Or is this just on the list that I will get to at some point? Exactly. And I think that that's what you know, I had to struggle with because I've always been an overachiever. I've always been a go-getter. I've always been do, do, do. And I think really being a mom was the defining moment in my life where I realized like, hey, because it was one thing when I was married, my husband's a grown person. He can take care of himself for the most part. Obviously, we would still have our own time together and stuff like that, but it's completely different than when you're a parent. And I think that that's what you were making a good point on. It's like relish the moment. I don't even think I processed my son's like child, like I would say childhood from like zero to six months because I was just thinking, oh my God, I got to get it back to work. I got to get a promotion. And that was the downfall of that, right? It's like, yeah, I remember him as a baby, but not, I remember him more as a two and a, and a now a three-year-old, you know, and almost a four-year-old. So, I mean, it's like, it's because I literally had to say, Angelica, slow down. It is time to slow down. <laughs> so, yes, it is very, very true. Enjoy the moment. <laughs> I love it. I, I just appreciate you for taking some time to chat with us and drop some gems. Um, <laughs> I would say, you know, the last thing I would say is what for you has been some of the most pivotal moments. So you mentioned, right, like the recognition of like motherhood is different than anything else, obviously, which we know, but then it's like, you know, in a whole different way. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you say or maybe some other, you've, you mentioned um, George Floyd, but some other pivotal times in your life where you had to shift or you had some sense of clarity, um, if you can recognize any other. Yeah, um, I would definitely say, um, because I know you're, you kind of do the marriage and therapist. um, So I would say my marriage. Um, I, you know, and I, I'm a very open book, by the way, so (laughs) not to alarm anyone. But so I'll be very candid in saying that that was the defining moment for me to realize, like, your marriage is how you want it to be. It's not what you see on TV. It's not what you read about in a magazine. Um, You know, me and my husband, we both came from single parent homes. He was raised by his dad primarily. And then I was raised by my mom primarily um, because my dad had passed away when we were young. So my mom raised us most of her life by herself. And so I didn't realize that I didn't really understand what it was like to be a wife because I just like had this short snippet of life between zero to 11 years old where my parents were married and then 
by the time I was nine, my dad was already sick. So it's like I watched my mom become a caretaker more than a wife in my early childhood development. So after realizing all of that, um, when I got into my marriage, I kind of just was like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, this is how a good wife is. And I remember I would get so annoyed because I'd be like, I have all of this stuff to do. Like I always have to do some dishes. I always have to do some laundry. And one day my husband was like, why are you so, you don't have to do any of these things. And that was like, that like blew my mind because <laughs> like it blew my mind. And I remember the other moment in our marriage was when, um, so I was supposed to go to Bali this year and I wanted to go for nine days, but COVID didn't let us be great. <laughs> um, and I remember saying to my husband, I'm like, is it okay if I go? And he's like, of course. He's like, just cause you're married with a child doesn't mean you can't do things you've always wanted to do. And that was another blow your mind moment. It was like, I didn't even realize that I was married to somebody who was so open and flexible and not like, you know how you find like some relationships where it's like misogynistic or like you can't do anything. It's like, I didn't even realize I was in a marriage with someone who was so accepting of who I was that I could be who I was. I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. And one of the things that he told me, he said, I married you for you. He's like, I didn't marry you to be somebody else. I married you because of who you are. And if this comes with all of it, then this is all that I'm accepting of because this is who you are. And that was an aha moment for me because that's what lets me to run financial line as he edits my <laughs> my blog post. This is what allows me to be on this podcast right now because he's watching our son. This was allows me to be in grad school because he can take our son over the weekend while I'm at the library because I was mar I became married to somebody who knew who exactly who I was, a go-getter. So that that's my gem. <laughs> Wow. What a great way to wrap up. Oh my goodness. Because I mean, I, I, I can't even speak. Wow. Um, <laughs> essentially, right? Essentially, the greatest joy in life is to be able to be authentic. And yeah. the greatest sadness is that so many people feel like they can't and it's that they have to put on a mask and they have to be somebody else. And so um, what what a beautiful thing to be able to I guess have the surprise, right? You already knew who you married, but the continual, the continual surprise that he <laughs> continues to share and show up um, to, to not let you, cause it's not about permission, but yes. to accept you for who you are, you know, Absolutely. in the moment. Absolutely. And he never says that word, let me. He always says, if you want to do this, just let me know so I can, so like, let me know so that I can rearrange my schedule to accommodate yours. And that is, that is what I felt like I had really won the jackpot in marriage because I always had an idea of what I wanted in a marriage. I mean, I prayed about it. I made a whole list about it, but I don't think that I really conceptualized it until I was in it and with the person. Like I really, truly felt like this was the type of person that I needed in my life. I just didn't realize it <laughs> until we were already married. <laughs> which is crazy. I know, but it's just like, you know, you just, you never know. People could also say one thing when you're dating, they could say another thing when you're engaged, but it's when you're, you hit day one of your marriage after you guys have walked down the aisle that you're like, who is this person? And did I marry the right person sometimes? <laughs> I love it. So let us know where we can follow you and support yes. you and learn from you. 
Absolutely. So you can find me on IG at Financial Linus, um, and that is how it's spelled, F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L-L-I-O-N-E-S-S. And then um, my blog, FinancialLinus.com as well. Um, you know, feel free to hit me up. I am very active on there. Not this week because I've been taking a break because I have finals for grad school. But um, by the time this episode airs, I will be back on it and you can still find me. So I really appreciate, um, you know, being on this podcast and sharing those gems. Thank you so much. Again, it means the world. No problem. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.